This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. Yeah, I, I would say uh, just uh, be careful who you listen to. You know, again, like Dan said, you you have to trust your instinct. You want to talk to a lot of experts, but you've got to have your filter turned up very high uh, to oh, yeah. uh, to filter out uh, what doesn't uh, go with your instinct, and then stay with it. Uh, if you believe in it strong enough, you're going to make it happen. Today, I have a founder and COO duo on the show. It is a brand tale that includes an aspirational economic migrant story from designing clothes for Barbies, like for real, at Mattel, to making a pitch so successful it landed them a quarter-million-dollar deal with investor Robert Hershevik of Shark Tank. And now they are running LA-based Buttercloth, a brand that is a typical internet-born D2C brand, so much so they don't believe in experts like myself. And they told me so during my own show. The company produces what they claim to be the world's most comfortable shirt. A slightly cheesy and slightly unbelievable claim that they are justifying to the world now. One of these examples where my brand knowledge and their success don't see eye to eye. So it must be a darn great shirt. And I had to have them on my show. Big risks brought big rewards, and bootstrapping, even on the branding level, was no showstopper to their success. But before we jump in, a quick thank you to the latest supporters of the show, who are also part of my mentorship circle now, Asha, Marcus Tiplay, and Nicole Dupont. Join us via patreon.com slash hitting the mark. Now, over to my conversation with Dan Tran and Bob Stevens of Buttercloth, which I have to admit is quite a great name. Welcome to the show, Dan and Bob. Good morning, yeah. Fabian. Yeah, it's always great to have two people on, especially right now during during this crazy quarantine that we're all in. I know that everyone is in a different in a different house in a different spot. Um, I had I had founder and co-founder pairs on hitting the mark in the past, but this is the first founder and COO, so chief operating officer combo. How long have you guys been working together? I met Dan uh, Fabian in gee almost twenty years ago, or thereabouts. Um, at that time, I, I had a manufacturing company in, uh, in the footwear business, and Dan was uh, actually uh, helping out in the design areas back when he was in school, he started. Uh, so we've known each other for many years. I've been able to watch him evolve and grow and blossom over the years. And uh, so I had sold the company in 2016, and, and right about the time that Dan had decided to jump from his current head designer post into having his own company. Uh, so he called me up one day and he said, I quit my job today, you know, <laughs> and I'm, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and I want to start this company. Would you help me? And of course there was no question, you know, uh, uh, Dan had helped me for many years and, and I was, I was all in to help him. That's amazing. So, so let's go into that story a little bit. Um, so, so, so then you you worked in a small tailor shop in Vietnam with your parents, 
And then you came to the US where you took fashion classes at a local college and you actually landed a job at Mattel designing clothes for, for Barbie, which is just so crazy cool. Um, and, then, and then you saved enough money to study at Otis, um, which is also where my wife graduated from and it's up the street. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and afterwards, um, you worked for various fashion companies, including Seven for All Mankind. When and how did you decide to, to say, this is the time and, and now I want to start my own company? How did that happen? And what was the drive? Yeah, um, the, I mean, I've been in the fashion industry for probably around 20 years and then um, been head designer for 10 years at our big brand in LA. And then one day I just uh, wake up and uh, thinking, you know, I, I had to have my own brand because I, I'm getting old. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I don't want to regret later. This is something I really want to do. Um, and, um, and then, and then I have a, this idea to, uh, create a brand, uh, but the cloth, and then that's how, how how to drive, you know, kind of kick in. And then I just walk in my boss office and um, just uh, quit my job and then start it. <laughs> just, yeah. that, just that easy, right? Um, but but yeah. I, I hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs on my on my show that, um, you know, they're, they're doing well, they're, you know, they're up in their career, they, they do what they like doing, but they don't do what they love doing. Like they know that there's something else and they, and they take this huge leap of faith because they know looking back, even if they would fail, they would not regret having done it because it's something that they just needed to do. And um, it's, it's always so inspiring to hear that. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I always call my best friend that um, I talk to and I, I ask him, I tell him like, if there's something, there's something wrong with me because I go to work, I'm not happy. And I have, I have a something in in me to start my own business, but I don't know what it is. And then, and I also scared and afraid to um, to quit my comfortable job. And you know, and uh, you know, I have to um, quit all the income coming in and comfortable life and all that. And of then course. it's just bother me and that's why I decided to quit my job and go for it. I'll tell you a quick story you know when during that time uh, Dan was uh, uh, battling with himself about you know giving up that comfortable six-figure income and so forth and uh, I was he would talk to me about it weekly and then I was watching television one morning and I saw Steve Harvey on there talking about his new book called Jump and it's the story of him jumping off and doing his own thing and, and uh, to uh, encourage other people. And so I said, wow, this is the book for Dan. So hmm. I, I, I bought it and I sent it to him. 
And I think Dan read that book in three days. And on the fourth day, he went in and quit his job. <laughs> yeah. I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope that is a review that you wrote on Amazon for the book, because it really <laughs> should be. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, that book has helped me a lot. And it's, it seemed like that book is uh, talking about my life and guiding me to where I'm at right now. That is so great. That yeah, is so great. A very inspiration book, and then I end up like buy a few books and give to all my um, entrepreneur friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is fantastic. And and you guys, you guys branded your company to make the world's most comfortable shirt. And I, I'm always suspicious of these claims, right? Because they feel yeah. to they, they feel to be honest a little bit cheesy and not believable but and this is important and that's why you're on this show um you come from the fashion background you, i mean knowledge of fabrics is deeply ingrained in you and you would not be launching a brand with that claim if you could not justify it first to yourself but but also to the world so so the question is what what makes it the most comfortable shirt and as as part two of that question um are, are you are you able to protect that claim i mean is it very ownable for you yeah, the the fabric that we come up with is um, finished on both sides of the fabric. That's why it's how is it touching your the skin is very comfortable. Most of the fabric is um, they finishes only one side, which is the outside. So when you touch it, it's smooth. But what we did, it we finish it on the inside as well, because I'm thinking, well, the inside is as important because it's touching your skin. So that's what we did, the double face finish fabric. So um, that's how, that's why, you know, when our customer received the, the shirt and they put it on and then they like, they like, oh my God, this is like the most, comfortable shirt I ever worn. <laughs> so I get that a lot of that email and I get a lot of those comments, you know. So um yeah. So you it's, used it's, you used the words of your clients to 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 create the positioning of the company in a way, right? So so you reuse what the clients say, which in my eyes is extremely extremely smart, and uh, and I have been doing that even for my own company when I I just interview my past clients and I say, what have I really done for you? And then they tell me things that I would have never thought I actually did for them, right? Oh, like yeah. I would I would describe them very differently. Yeah. I mean, we have a, some of the customers say like, oh my God, you guy is, um, what's that? They say under promise, but over delivery. Right. So whatever we advertising out there is when they receive it actually is even better. They say like, not only like the fabric is comfortable, also, the design, the little detail, they love, they like it, all the hidden detail on the shirt. So that's 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 a reason they come back and bought again. Yeah, and, and you know, Fabian, to, to bring it back to branding for, for a minute, uh, one of the things that uh, from the beginning, we uh, we had this this claim, we really believed it was the softest, the, the most comfortable shirt in the world. 
And uh, I believe in, in branding, you, you have to be bold. You know, it's not enough to say that you have good pizza. You know, you have to say <laughs> it's Long Beach. Long Beach's best pizza, right? The best pizza in Long Beach. And uh, of course, you have to live up to that, but you have to make that claim and then you have to, you have to be able to, 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 uh, to prove it. And we had, um, you know, early, you know, this is also, I think, very important in branding is to uh, be careful who you're listening to. You know, I, I, I've come to realize that there really are no experts, you, me, or anyone else. You know, there, we're, we all have an opinion and we all have experience that we bring to the table, but there's really no experts. And if we would have listened to all of the experts that we talked to, Buttercloth wouldn't even exist because we had people tell us, oh, no, you can't make that claim. Don't make that claim. You're going to get sued. We had one expert tell yeah. us. Um, we had another expert tell us, oh, Buttercloth, horrible name. You know, I mean, you know, if, if we were going to listen to those people, we wouldn't have the brand that we have. So be careful who you're listening to. Trust your instincts. Make bold claims and stand behind them. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, you know, this is this isn't this is a brand expert interviewing you, so I'm totally on the spot now. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, it, look, I think it's really interesting because that's that's the next wave of of, of direct to consumer brands um, that that have have less of that fear of um, you know, like a, a large a large corporation would never make a claim like that because they know they could get sued, right? But but for you, you don't you don't try to trademark it. You you make a claim because you believe in it, and your customers repeat it after you. And you just say, well, what could possibly go wrong? Um, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of truth in 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 acting acting on that on that gut instinct, as we can tell by your by your success, right? I mean, um, immediately after you guys um, appeared on Shark Tank, um, <laughs> where where you got uh, a quarter million dollar deal with investor Robert Hershevac, um, you have done three million dollars in sales and you sold over thirty thousand shirts in seven months. So that is a that is a testament to to the idea of how you talked about your brand um, intrinsically, right? Um, and and how and how someone like Robert Robert Hershevac, um, you know, believed your story. They believed the product. They believed the positioning. And he said, "Look, we can we can make a lot of money off of this brand. We can do this together." So you you really you really didn't invest uh, in 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 branding much in the beginning it was every, everything was pretty much bootstrapped right that's right that's right uh, we 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 think we had some core pieces in place for branding that is the name the tagline the logo you know but we didn't have uh, a lot of money and uh, so uh, we had to bootstrap it of course so everything literally started out of a garage. Is it the typical story <laughs> where you where you just had a couple of shirts and you and you started? Literally, you know, you know, I have to stop and realize. Uh, uh, I tell people, see, this is April. So literally sixteen months ago, we were in a garage in Long Beach, a double car garage shipping, and there were just three of us, four of us. Unbelievable! You might have been right next to me in Long Beach. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we might be neighbors. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. I could have just picked up a, a shirt from you. Um, yeah. You know. So, how did you go about defining your audience? Because I, I always like doing that. I go to. I go to. Um, uh, you know, uh, podcast guests' um, Instagram account, and I just slowly scroll through to the very, very end of it. Right, because that that kind of shows the truth of how a brand actually um, changed. And with, with with your Instagram account, it feels like you you pretty much targeted every man alive. Right, I mean, it started with a very young, super macho kind of guy, and then it moved to to a very aspirational man. 
man, um, kind of like the most interesting man in the world, you know, like by Dos Equis. It has a little bit of that feel. And then now it's very much like realistic guys, like 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 myself and maybe yourself, Bob, like 40, 50 somethings that want a stylish, easy to maintain shirt. Uh, who is who is your audience or, and how do you define it or, or how do you go about that? Do you use data from, from the sales or how do you kind of like go in between these different audiences? Yeah, well, I'll talk a little bit about that and then let Dan uh, expand on it because Dan is the, the guy that really knows the customer. I mean, he, he really is. But in the beginning, of course, you have some thoughts about who your customer is, but you really don't know. And we didn't know. So uh, when we launched, we were advertising to every man, right? Yeah. Uh, but very, very quickly, we, we picked a pretty good time to launch, I guess. That was to our favor. We launched a Black Friday uh, week of 2017. So there was a pretty, pretty good time to, to launch a brand. And uh, we immediately, uh, uh, thanks to uh, our uh, digital people, we had you know, a great launch and we had some good data. And the, but the data showed us immediately that our that our core audience really was in that 35 to 55 group. We were getting some between the 25 and 35, but you know we're selling a $120 shirt, so you you know you have to be realistic. Uh, not that many millennials uh, were buying from us in the beginning. We we we've been able to stretch to either uh, to the younger side. I think in in part as the brand has grown and people have been more willing to realize that it was worth the investment, that they're getting more value uh, than uh, out of our shirt because they can wear it to work and wear it to uh, uh, on the weekends and out at night and so forth. So they're getting more value out of it. But, but I would say still our core audience is that 35 to 55 year old guy. Which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Dan, do you want want to add anything to that, or or did Bob pretty much take care of it? Um, I think he pretty much take care of it. But um, yeah, when we quickly after, I think few months we recognize that our audience focus is thirty five to fifty five. So we we will you know design and create inspiration around that. And then that's how is um, the Buttercloud hit really um, spike up. How, how do you guys feel like you are, you're currently branding Buttercloud? Like, how do you feel like people get to know your brand? Uh, how, how do you market? How do you, how do you speak to people? Um, is, it, is it mainly at this point word of mouth and because of reviews or how, how is the brand being fueled? I think it's so fascinating with especially D2C brands like yourself that, is, that, that are very much based on a product that, that they claim is just superior um, and, and, and you, just, you, just, you just push product and, and hope, that, hope that you get a lot of great, um, great reactions, which it seems like that's, that's, that's how you're growing right now. But, but tell me, I, I would, I'm, I'm super interested in this. Well, at the end of the day, it's it's all social, of course. You know, it's all social media. Some of it's organic, and some of it's paid, um, uh, with a mix of publicity in there. You know, we've had our fair share of publicity, starting with Shark Tank. You consider that publicity, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, and uh, being able to get our message out uh, by talking with you, Fabian. That's it. Hundreds but, of thousands you- of shirts will be yeah. sold after this. <laughs> 
Forget I mean, Shark yeah. Tank. Forget Shark Tank. That's we'll, that's. We'll have yeah. to turn up the bandwidth on this on the site after this. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it, it, we started out with one channel, which was Facebook. I mean, that was our beginning channel, and and we got some uh, some legs uh, built under us with that. And uh, uh, the next thing we started doing Google and YouTube display ads and and search ads, and and then. Uh, and then affiliates, we batted on affiliates. So, you know, we just grow these channels, channel by channel, and uh, uh, and get more bandwidth out there, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that means, means very loyalty to the brand, whether, whatever the brand they stick with. And our brand was very consistent and comfort so that's why we have a, 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 a high number of repeat customer. And that's how we was lucky to, in order to expand, you know, those customer and then word of mouth from those customer to their friend, their families. And that, that uh, helped us a lot. Well, that's right. And right now we have, I think, you know, approaching 50,000 buttercloth customers out there. And a lot of them uh, uh, take advantage of our referral program we offer, which is a great way to do, to have, to see organic social growth just from those customers referring their, their friends uh, to buttercloth. So it's, it's been another great channel for us. How does the referral program work? I, uh, I think, well, I think they, we give a 20% uh, discount, isn't it, Dan, 20? Yeah. Yeah, a 20% discount. If, you, if you're a Butterclaw customer and you send it to your friend and he buys something, he gets 20 off and then you get 20 off of your next order. So both of you get 20 off. It's very smart, and you know, um, back to back to what you were saying, Dan. Um, you really have a fantastic customer, like that customer, a guy in his like you know thirties, forties, fifties. When it comes to shirts, is so loyal. I mean, you will. I, I mean, I know that because I am your guy, right? I'm forty five. I'm smack in the middle. You know, I'm I'm a professional. You know, I wear I wear shirts every day. Um, you know, dress shirts to 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 work, even if I don't have a client meeting, and Usually it's only one brand and one cut, you know, very often even one color, right? Because yeah. because once you have once you have something that you really like that works for you, um, you know, we're 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 guys. We're you know, for us it's just like let's reorder as many of those as possible, right? Because that's all I'm gonna wear from now because I feel good in it. So you have yeah. a really great customer cut out for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Our customer is when they buy one already, they come back and buy ten more. It's just we we see that trends almost like every day. Like um, you know, we look at the history of orders, you know, almost every day, and then we see this guy buy it, and then as soon as we ship them to him, and then and then they receive it, and then the next few days, and then they come back and buy again. That's great. Right away, yeah. That's really, yeah, really great. And just to, to point out, one of the, as Dan said before, we are, we try to, and I think we're known to uh, uh, under-promise and over-deliver. And it's that experience, it's that unboxing experience and that person opening up that shirt 
that that is the wow factor because they're they're order they're buying the shirt based on the the uh, the promise of this comfort, right? Right. But when they get the shirt, they open up the package and they go, "Wow, this is nicer than I thought it was going to be." Before they even put it on, because of the the weight of the fabric and the way it feels and the design, the 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 the, the unique detail that Dan builds into the design and the buttons and the trim and all those things, just they may not even be able to put their finger on what it is about the shirt that they like but they realize they like it. And then they put it on and wear it to the office. And then right away, somebody says to them, where did you get that shirt? Then they're a customer for life. How is that unpacking experience? Because for so many D2C brands, um, it became this big thing, right? Because you know you show it on YouTube of how to unbox something. Um, did you yeah. do anything uh, special with 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 the with the box? You know, is there something in there that kind of creates some delight, or is it literally the shirt that is just so exciting? Or did you do something around it as well to to engage in that experience? All of the above, right, Dan? Yeah, we the um, I mean beside a nice tissue and the logo and the colors and a nice box but we have a one insert card in there that when they first open it they will see like uh fall in fall into the world of comfort the guy was falling and and on top of the uh, cloud and stuff like that. And then we get a lot of reaction on those uh, customers filming the video and they say, wow, hmm. fall in the world of comfort. Let's check it out and see how comfort they are, <laughs> you know. I don't like that. Well, it's also it's also exciting because you are at a price point that is that is slightly aspirational. So so people do like to share it. It is it is a little bit of gift to themselves um, as well. Yeah. So you know it's a it's a very it's a very fine line. Very interesting. Now we talked we talked about social. We talked about packaging. Um, let's talk about retail for a second. I know that you had a pop up shop at the Beverly Center. Um, is is retail dead? I mean, now after the virus, even more so. Or or do you see a future in brick and mortar for um, buttercloth? Well, we have divert we have diverging opinions on that. So I'll let Dan talk first. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is great. Okay. Well, Bob and I was you know kind of have a different opinions i tell him that everything is go to e-commerce everything buy online special men nowadays too they don't go shopping you know like it's perfect for online but uh bob have a different opinions well i i believe that you know it's a big world and retail is never going to be quote dead unquote right it, it it's changing it's going to evolve for sure uh you know you've seen the 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 uh, the bonobos model uh, the pop-up models uh you know retail is turning more into showrooms without inventory where people can go but at the end of the day humans are social we'd like to get out we'd like to do things so retail <laughs> is never going to die it's just going to evolve and change so uh, uh, you know, I, I, I was at a, uh, a, uh, an event uh, about a year ago where a lot of experts were showing the growth of e-commerce against retail and showing, you know, a lot of people think that e-commerce is bigger than retail today. It's not. Well, it might be 
exactly today because of COVID, but I mean, in, 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 the, in the whole perspective, it's not. But the, the growth line was showing that it was going to catch up and exceed uh, brick and mortar uh, within 10 years globally, about 10 to 12 years. I think COVID uh, is going to make that happen maybe in three or four years. It's going to change very rapidly now. But will it ever be dead? No, there's always going to work at the end of the day. We're social people. We're always going to be out. And so finding a way to get outside our little e-commerce world into the into the social real world out there, uh, we just have to find the, the best way, whether that's our own stores or whether it's pop ups or whether it's it's uh, leasing space in some of the big brands that are going to, or uh, the big box stores that are going to survive. Wherever it is, you know, we're going to be in other marketplaces, and we're going to be out in the real world somewhere. That's right. what we're going to compromise: is pop-up store or or have a our own store as a showroom. Totally, which I which I think is very much um, where where Bob is heading with that, and where Bonobos and and, and a lot of them were, were also going. Um, I yeah, well, look, I'm an expert, so I'm not going to have an opinion. Um, <laughs> um, listen, um, how how has uh, how has uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, since we touched on it, um, how has that impacted your business as, as as well as its plans for this year? Uh, I mean, you must you must feel an impact, especially with a with a dress shirt that a lot of people are using for work, and it's it's a little higher, you know, um, um, higher higher price point. Um, how are you guys doing right now? How you get how are you getting through this? Uh, we, we are very lucky that we are on the e-commerce side. So our sale dropped, but it's not dropped very, very much. And I would say probably around 40%. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because we were lucky we didn't have any um, pop-up store or have any uh, own store or retail. So our focus is on e-commerce. That's true. See, yeah, uh, see, Bob. See, see, Bob. How Dan got us back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Con conversion rates have obviously uh, uh, come down. Yeah. Uh, your point. Uh, uh, it's not a you know one hundred twenty dollars shirt is not something that everybody is focused on today. But uh, as Dan said, you know, sales are still maybe they're down forty percent or so. But uh, we're uh, uh, we're still shipping. We're our logistics people are, are working uh, and shipping every day. Uh, our team, our office team, all of our designers and uh, marketing and uh, uh, other people are working from home, uh, and we're making it work for us. Good. Uh, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll certainly get through. Fortunately, we had a very very strong foundation. Dan is extremely conservative, so we had a good foundation. And uh, uh, we're able to uh, we'll we'll weather the storm. That's great. Yeah, we we very lucky that we we our company is all about comfort. So even people work from home, you know, they still have to wear a dress shirt when they do the Zoom call, or video call. So <laughs> it's totally. is probably just perfect for them. Even they you know work from home and on top of that we have loyalty customers so they always come back and bought it 
Well, and your and your shirts um, are iron free, right? Like you don't need to iron them. Iron them; they're they're wrinkle free. So this is even better for the time like today when no one goes to dry cleaners. So yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a big benefit. Um, you you guys are obviously known for your shirts, right? But um, I read on CNBC um, last night that that a while back they wrote that um, that you were were thinking about diversifying your product portfolio and that you were planning to move into polos and sweaters last year. Is is that still the case? Are you guys still um, having having plans like that? Or are you going to stick to shirts? Yes, we did launch uh, a polo and sweater last year, and. Uh, this year we're gonna um, in May we're gonna launch t-shirts and then um, this fall we're gonna launch um, uh, jackets as well so it's gonna be we build little by little it's gonna be a completely complete uh, um, lifestyle uh, full categories since your since your since your brand was known for 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 comfort with with all of the the polos and the diversifying product um portfolio is it all still about comfort or like is that what is kind of like that north star of the brand is it still comfort even though you expand into all these other things that's a good question because our mission is all about comfort that's how um how we started from the beginning because when I start this company, I'm thinking like the whole world gonna be go for comfort. So you see the comfort shoes, comforts, everything is comfort. So that's why we start, you know, this uh, butter cloth. And then, I mean, our mission is when we do any category, it's gonna be comfort. It's gonna be double face fabric. It's gonna be stretching, sick way stretch. So that even polo jackets, we 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 gonna find a way to make it uh, comfortable for our customers. So that that is comfort is the key for our brain. Great, I'm really glad to hear that. And it all goes back to your name, which I, by the way, think is a is a really um, is a really good name because it's so memorable and it's so descriptive, and um, you know it has longevity. Right now, now in your fourth year or third year, um, expanding the brand, it can still go back to that idea of how how a shirt actually feels. Um, now that you've bootstrapped uh, branding for the for the last couple of years, uh, what does what does branding mean to you guys as 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 a, as a term? Well, for me, it, it, it means uh, uh, it represents a connection between you and your customer, you know, how they see and remember you, how they feel about you. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, it, we, we want them to see us uh, for, for what our mission is, to, to redefine what comfort is for uh, men's apparel, and uh, and also the personality. You know, the, every person has a personality, and so does a brand. And we feel like you know our our personality is one that we try not to take things too seriously. So you'll see a little bit of humor, classy. What we think is a little bit classy humor uh, in our advertising and the way. Uh, so it's it's the way it's the way that we connect. It's the it's the our connection to the customer and how they see and remember us. 
Absolutely, absolutely. What is um, now that we're we're slowly we're slowly coming coming towards the end here? I wanted to ask um, both of you. What is a piece of brand advice for for founders as a takeaway? Um, you know, say, say say there's an entrepreneur um, with a big dream, ju- just like just like you were, Dan. You know, years ago. Um, what is the most important aspect to keep in mind about about launching a brand? Um, if if you don't have that background, like like you guys, you know, you you didn't have that launch experience. You know, there were, there was a lot of different um, you know product and operations experience. But what what is it? What is advice of what what not to do, what not to do, or what what to do? Well, I think I would say that, you know, just your instinct and know your customer inside and out, and then make sure that um, create a product that could be a commercial. Um, so, you know, it's go to a mainstream because you know sometimes you create a product and then it could be couldn't couldn't be made uh, in production that's not gonna be fun because what if you launch it and most people liked it and then you can produce a mass market and then um also take risks and don't be afraid and but if you don't worry to um to uh, don't afraid to be to be fail you know if you fail it's okay and um you know take risk but uh, recognize it when it doesn't work quickly change it and um you know yeah Great. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, Bob, anything to to add from your end? Yeah, I I would say uh, just uh, be careful who you listen to. You know, again, like Dan said, you you have to trust your instinct. You want to talk to a lot of experts, but you've got to have your filter turned up very high Mm -hmm. uh, to to filter out uh, what doesn't uh, go with your instinct and then stay with it. Uh, If you believe in it strong enough, you're going to make it happen. So uh, just be careful. Uh, keep that filter turned up. Absolutely, I so agree. There's um, there's a service called Clarity. Um, it's Clarity.fm, and uh, there's a lot of experts there. And so what I do, I'm on there too. But but what I do when I when I seek an expert for anything, I just have a call, like a paid call, right? But with like five people for like 15 minutes, just to get the best out of all of them, and then make up my own mind instead of hiring right. one expert for like a month, right? So I think I think uh, I, I I totally I totally agree with that idea. Um, not to diss experts, but I think that um, you know you, you want to get the most out of uh, out of an expert, and even to to find out you know who you actually who you actually like and who you look eye to eye with. It's a uh, it's not it's not easy to find that person. But now to my most important question: um, When will you have a simple black shirt back in stock? I'm waiting. <laughs> Where is it? Where is the simple black shirt? We couldn't give it on a shelf. <laughs> what? <laughs> we order a lot of those black shirts every month, and it's just sell like crazy. Well, then I think um, I, I I I expect an email from you personally when it's back in stock. 
So, um, so listeners who are intrigued by your brand, um, where can they find the shirts uh, that you say, and I quote you, make you feel like a Friday night, but feel like a Sunday morning, which by the way, I love. Where, where can they find Buttercloth? It's all buttercloth.com? It's, you can find your look at buttercloth.com. Nice, nice. Even rehearsed. <laughs> hey, um, thank you both, uh, Dan and Bob. It, it was so great to have um, locals on the show without even knowing that, that you guys are local here. Um, uh, totally appreciate your time. Totally appreciate your insights. Um, and, uh, and, and great, great luck with, with, with Buttercloth. Um, and I'm so glad that you guys are weathering the storm uh, nicely now. It says a lot about how lean you were launching and how well you were positioned. So, um, so best of luck and thank you. Thank you, Fabian. Thank you very much for having us, too. Absolutely, my pleasure. Dan and Bob of Buttercloth, an unlikely pair and an unlikely success story that, now that you have listened to them, starts to make a lot of sense. In the end, it all comes down to the magic mix of passion, determination and skills. Three things I'd like for you to do. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and join us at patreon.com slash hittingthemark. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark. <laughs>